0: Everybody, and welcome to another episode of RXP Podcast, a podcast where three working professionals come together and chat all day about their love for video games, movies, and TV shows. I'm your host for today's episode, and <laughs> this is where I'm like, oh, my name's Tiffany. For those of you who aren't familiar, <laughs> um, and this is where I introduce my guests. First, we have Alex.
1: Thank you Mother Nature for giving California finally some long needed rain.
0: And our other host, Matt.
2: What's going on?
0: Listen, today's going to be a very chill episode, episode 50 of our RXU podcast. <laughs> We're just going to talk about what we've been watching and playing and then maybe a little bit about what we hope to watch and play come, you know, the holiday time. It's November you know start some people th- proclaim that it's already christmas i don't know what that's about literally waiting till november 1st and being like yo my tree's up and i'm just like no, everyone no, no. please respect thanksgiving yeah, yeah these
1: these are the people that go from the halloween colors straight into the christmas colors and they're like what happened to thanksgiving isn't pumpkin no, spi- I need... spice still a thing
2: yeah
0: it november is november is the harvest month the when I say harvest, I mean, you know, the thankful harvest. We all be giving thanks, we all be, mm-hmm. you know, using this month to do some to prepare for Christmas, which I understand. Let's do some deals shopping. Oh, yeah, you know, and then get into the December official Christmas time.
2: See, but here's the thing, too, because my favorite thing about the season is pumpkin as a flavor.
0: Because here's one of the things that
2: really, you know what really grinds my gears? That's, you know, anyway. um, Pumpkin is limited to like these three months and then that's it. Have you ever tried to bake a pumpkin cheesecake in March? It just doesn't feel right and I hate it. So I have to like, I have to eat so much pumpkin flavored things in like this small period. Because pretty soon it's going to be peppermint season and then there will be no more pumpkins and it's going to make me sad. So See, let's, let's stop. I, yeah, let's stop rushing it.
0: I'm pro pumpkin cheesecake all year long, all year round. Mm-hmm. But also pumpkin spice has creeped into August. Now it's like, you know, like August like 10th or something. But like Starbucks what
2: did August was- have that was like it's defining flavor? I guess it's maybe summery still. So like you still got those like fruits flavored teas at Starbucks. Which are delicious, yeah. yeah. But I, I like—I guess maybe watermelons in August, or is that July? See, it's like—I
0: don't—I don't know the season for watermelon. Like, do but we I feel really like need August, that much
2: time for watermelons? It's
0: still—it's still like the heat of summer, though. It's a good point. You know, not That's here
1: in point. California. Um, it's nice. See, all this year. is why
2: they—this is why they have the pumpkin cold brew, like the pumpkin foam, because now it's cold, and
0: yeah. you can
2: have it in August. Big, That's brain. Fair. Big Brain Starbucks. Yeah. They know. I still
0: haven't had the pumpkins cold brew. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't tried that the yet. The
2: foam is really good. Under it okay. is just regular cold brew. So if I you mean, like cold brew, I, you'll like it.
0: I'm really into the Apple Crisp macchiato that they have now Ooh, at I Starbucks. I have not tried that yet. Oh, it's real good. I like it cold. And ho- I mean, hot's fine, but I prefer yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I thought the hot version's like apple cider or something, and it's like the Ooh. hot version.
0: No, the Apple Crisp Macchiato is a Macchiato with Apple Crisp flavoring. So instead of a caramel Macchiato, it's mm-hmm. Apple Crisp flavor. So this is separate I from their apple like apple hot
1: apple cider drink.
0: Correct. It's it's separate from their hot cider. But I do love some freaking apple cider. I love apple cider. Yeah. Alcoholic versions and regular versions.
2: I went to a wedding like a couple weeks ago, and part of their cocktail cocktail hour, they just had like hot cider, like. The hot so spiced hard. cider, and it was yes. so good. Like I was like, this is fall. Like There was a little fire pit, and I had some hot cider, and it was like 40 degrees because it was really weird in Virginia that day. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so good. Is this the topic of the show?
0: <laughs> it, no, I told <laughs> it you. It might as well be. It's epi- a chill episode. Yeah, We're just this, chatting. This is
1: like the intro because we don't have a game today, right? So instead of the game yeah, segment, no game. we have the... Random topic segment before we transition to the main topic. Mm.
0: Yeah, just conversation time. Well, you know, our topic of the show is what we've been playing and watching. And I think I'm going to start off with what I watched most recently on Halloween night. I watched a Netflix movie called No One Gets Out Alive. What is that one? let me tell you, it is straight horror. And I was screaming. And by screaming, I mean, like, I would yell, like, oh, my God, like, multiple, <laughs> like, a couple times throughout the, the movie. But it, so this concept of this movie, it's straight, it's literally thriller horror. This girl moves from Mexico. She's basically an undocumented immigrant. Okay. And she moves to America in Ohio mm-hmm. and she is you, you know gets like this job in like this like pajama factory she's like sewing pajama pants or something I don't know okay. she's like in like a sweatshop that's not really a sweatshop it's just like a there's just a bunch of people sewing everywhere and she's getting paid cash and she's trying to buy like a US ID or birth certificate in order okay. to get a job like a a better job in America. And she ends up staying at this hotel or this motel because um, the original place she was staying at, they were like, yo, we need your ID. And she's like, yeah, I'll get to, I'll give that to you eventually. Anyway, she stays at this hotel and weird things start happening at this hotel or motel. She starts seeing things. And the background of her story is that her mother back in Mexico died And so, finally, she was, like, able to, like, because her mother was really sick, so she had to stay and take care of her, but she finally got Mm -hmm. to leave. Anyway, basically, it's about her dealing with these ghosts and the weird stuff that's happening, okay? The ghosts would just be in the background sometimes, and, like, there would be no, like, it's not like the ghost is yelling at you. It's just, like, you notice things are there. Or, like, something with glowing eyes. Was
2: there a so, lot of, like, jump scares? Or did they just stay in the background just creepy?
0: Um, There were actually the stay-in-the-background creepy. Not necessarily okay. really big jump scares. But the eerie music made me always ever prepared for a jump scare. Mm. Um, I don't choose to watch horror movies um, but I was hanging out with a couple friends and usually on Halloween they like to watch horror movies on Halloween. Tis a season. So yeah, tis a season. But yeah, that was pretty scary. I do not recommend. Really? Okay. Um, so I do okay, I do have to say one thing though. Um this is a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for no one gets out alive.
2: Okay. Like okay. D- do I so you're saying I should not watch this, so I shouldn't worry if about you... being spoiled.
0: If you, you don't like horror movies.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: So you never would <laughs> have clarify. watched it anyway. Okay. So um, my spoiler is that, you know how in a lot of movie, or horror movies, uh-huh. you're like creeped out by this like presence and you're just like, you don't you know, you don't know what it Or some people don't know what it is, right? This thing that's like just lurking and is, a, you know? Yeah. Some movies always never show you the quote unquote monster, right? Mm-hmm. This movie straight up showed you this horrifying creature because the concept of it was that both of you are totally not going to watch this, right? Like, I'm just going to go into this. Spoiler. Go
2: for it. Go for it. You're already okay. here. It'll be time
0: stamped. So, okay. So <laughs> there was this box, this like stone box that people were like having visions of. Okay. And so what ends up happening is the owners of this motel were sacrificing women to this aztec god
2: oh my gosh
0: and this aztec god had symbolism of a moth like moth was like its aesthetic okay so there were like moths like everywhere was every it
2: Mothman?
0: While. no oh. it was this aztecian goddess or god and yeah. it looked really crazy. Like, it literally, at one po- Like, basically near the end of the movie, it, like, crawled out of the stone box. And, like, you're looking... I'm like, what am I looking at? It looked like part slug, part, like, pharaoh head with, like, with like a face. But the face was not... Like, you didn't have eyes or anything. It was almost like, you know, when um, a person pushes their face through like plastic
2: yeah mm -hmm.
0: it was like that it was like a like a dark gray like you know or any person wearing
2: a morph suit
0: yeah like (laughs) and then like they had a very um like tall like almost like ostrich like let arm let or legs but then also had arms underneath it was literally the Mm -hmm. most wild thing i've ever seen But, like, I'm, like, watching it crawl out of the the stone box and then, like, decapitate someone. Oh, my gosh. Because of the sacrifice. And I was literally, like, I'm not... Like, looking at how ridiculous this thing... Obviously, it was near the end of the movie, too. Mm -hmm. But, like, I was, like, I'm not scared anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that that was that.
2: It brings up a good point because my question to you all, do you think it's better for horror movies to show the big bad versus not show the big bad? Do you think it makes it scarier or worse? Because a lot goes into the presentation of these creatures, right? Like they're supposed to look like crazy and scary and you wouldn't get that if they're not seen. But is like
1: the thought of the uncertainty more scary than their design? I think it's based on the structure of the story because if it's a horror movie where the hero or main character is supposed to fight back against it, then I want to see it because then obviously mm-hmm. if the person has to be able to deal with it, I want to know what they have to deal with. But if it is something which seems like No One Gets Out Alive is or you know other more traditional horror movies where the person can't do anything to the creature or the evil thing and like they can only run away, I think I'd rather that stay more mysterious, like maybe show mm-hmm. bits and pieces like – part of mm-hmm. its body. Like the moth. Right, like, or show like, like glimpses. Like you see the outline of it, but you don't see like the full details. Uh, I'd prefer it like that because it makes more sense to say if I know that the person will never be able to confront this thing, I don't want to see what it looks like because obviously it doesn't even matter to me then, right? Because I know mm-hmm. the person either will die in the end or will just... Ha- like run away right like they'll escape through the front door and like make it out alive versus if the person is actually trying to kill this thing or like end it then i want to see like what exactly do they have to face so i think it really depends on like the arc of the what horror type of horror it is
2: that's a good point because i only watch horror movies around this time of year like it's the only time and i've really gotten into it i think a lot of it's because i've been playing a lot of dead by daylight um, but over the weekends, I actually watched a really classic movie from 1999, which is The Blair Witch Project, which I've never seen up to this point. Like, I'm, I'm not a horror person, so it's like, that's never crossed my mind to watch it. Turns out, actually, that the woods it's supposed to be set in was actually only 10 minutes away from my childhood house in Maryland, uh, which is just crazy. Like, it's in Burgessville, Maryland, which is really rural western Maryland, which is right where i was raised um anyway i don't know if you guys ever seen have you guys seen the Blair Witch no. project
0: no i haven't
2: um so not to spoil it because i you know i don't want to just go on a tirade of like spoiling all these horror movies um but i will say that this was just like an ever-presence thing that was kind of terrorizing these teenagers in this in this like this wooden environment honestly one of the scariest movies i've ever seen and i think a lot of it is because i've been like planning to do some camping this fall like i enjoy being out in the woods i enjoy hiking and that was the setting that i was in and that like they could not escape and they could not get out of these woods and that you actually and i'll just say this i don't know if this is spoiler since it came out 22 years ago um you never see the blair witch and I feel like them not seeing the Blair Witch or at least not showing it because it's kind of it's uh kind of how Cloverfield was, which is all from a camera's perspective. I feel like this might have been the first iteration of that thought process of how to film a movie, which to me made it even scarier because you're through the lens of what they're actually seeing and that they had limited sound they had limited visibility and that they never actually showed the blair witch made me so terrified of this creature that i never saw like it turned off and i was like okay i'm making no pit stops home i am not going into the woods i'm not looking into any wood in area because like I do not want anything to do with this. Um, But yeah, that was my, it was actually the day before Halloween, but um, that was my Halloween treat for myself. um, Properly getting spooked.
0: Yeah. So I've never seen Blair Witch, but for, so for me, I will not, I don't choose to watch horror movies on my own, but I'm, I will watch them. So, you know, if someone's like, Hey, I want to watch this horror movie. I'd probably be like, I'm usually like, okay. I mean, I I'm, I get scared like I get Mm -hmm. real scared Um, but yeah usually it's only around this time Um, but I also like I really don't go to the I don't go to the theater Mm. um, for horror like I'm not going to pay for that but if like you know there's uh, a new scream that's coming out like a almost a scream reboot like I'm not going to theater for that but if someone was like hey let's watch it like on Netflix or HBO max or whatever like okay Like, I'm in.
2: My friends once bought me a ticket to go watch Insidious in the theaters because they know I'm a super huge baby. And like, hey, we'll pay for your ticket if you come with us. And I was like, sure, free ticket. And they're like, we'll get you popcorn too. I was like, free popcorn. (laughs) All right. Okay. I was like screaming. They're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) who let a little girl in here? It's like, no, that's just (laughs) Matt. Like, he is not having a good time. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, but oh my gosh horror movies Actu- are not for me
0: dude okay so that's fair if someone paid for my ticket to go like watch it i probably would do that i also only just saw insidious a year or two years ago and that was very creepy
2: it's um, frightening
0: yeah so it was... scary they but did some, some of these horror
2: they did some study where they like tested people's blood pressure and heart rate for like all these like newer movies and classic movies. And that one is objectively the scariest movie based upon people's vital changes. I saw like, it was some like article, but yeah.
0: And I'm going to be honest. I feel like some of the horror movies blend together for me. So I know Mm -hmm. I saw insidious because I remember like being told that we're going to watch insidious. Like, you know what I mean? But I can't like uh, actually remember if that was a ghost one or if that was like a, a serial killer you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I yeah anyway yeah and then uh, on the other aspect the other movie that I watched in the last couple weeks that I actually really enjoyed was Dune and I actually saw Dune twice I saw it on HBO Max and then I was like I need to see this in theaters to ensure that a sequel will be made because at the time I watched it on the day of release and um, I watched it in theaters literally two days later. And mm-hmm. then a cu- last week, we found out that Dune Part Two will be produced and made, and it's coming out in October 2023. You did so it. I'm very excited that my one ticket helped tip <laughs> it over. <laughs> um, listen, you guys, I never read Dune, the book. I never read or watched any of the Dune original movies from like the eighties or whatever, but this movie was beautiful and very interesting. And I like sci-fi. So knowing that this was like helped inspire, you know, star Wars and like other (laughs) sci-fi things. You're big
2: into sci-fi. I could just tell.
0: (laughs) Um, I was, like, really intrigued. The world building was really cool. They didn't treat you like you were dumb. So some of the things, like, they didn't explain a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. For me, I did read, like, the Wikipedia page of Dune and, like, a couple of its sequels, like, six months ago. You know, back when they started, like, Dune's coming, you know, and uh, over the summer Mm -hmm. and they were, like, putting out the trailers, I read the Wikipedia pages so that I could kind of, like, get up on track. And um, yeah, it was great. Honestly, totally recommend it. Like, it's on HBO Max for another couple weeks. I think you should check it out. I, well, okay, caveat: if you want to wait closer to 2023, then you can can do that. Because spoiler alert: here's another spoiler alert for Dune.
2: For Dune, I, what I plan on watching Dune. What are you gonna say?
0: I was just gonna say the thing that I told you at work.
2: Oh. I don't remember. I guess it's not that big of a spoiler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not. The Okay, spoiler alert for Dune is that the end of Dune is legitimately, like, the whole, like, and the journey's only just begun. Like, that, oh. like, they don't say that per se, uh-huh. but, like, it's literally that. So, it's like a cliffhanger. Was, yeah, it's yeah. a cliffhanger. And I was just like, well, that was, do you see now why I went to the theater yeah, because it.
2: You did the it, work for us.
0: Yes, I yeah. I walked so you could run. That's right. Okay, that's.
2: Right. Actually, I'm I'm not moving. <laughs> you know, the rest of us <laughs> well, are just but, sitting on our
0: butt. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just you know what I mean. Yeah, so I that's why I like I think you guys should watch. I both I think honestly both of you should really watch it. But like if you wait like a couple years, then you know I get it. Yeah, I know that
2: they had. Oh, go ahead,
1: Alex. Uh, I was about to say, this sounds like kind of like that binge or like week by week type of thing when you watch a TV show because it's structured like this. Would you rather get the story closer together so wait till part two comes out and kind of watch back to back or do you just want to see Dune, you know, quote unquote part one now and then wait for Dune to you know, two years later? And so personally, if I was going to watch it, I would just wait till part two because I don't like, I don't. Because not to say I'd forget, but like two years is a long time. And so, and yeah. I think it's a more holistic experience the closer you get, especially if it is literally being called part two. Like it is the follow up to this, mm-hmm. it's kind of like every other part two, right? You know, Mockingjay, you know, Mockingjay part two. And then you have Harry Potter and the. Deathly Hollows part Hallows. one and then part two. So to me it feels like those are more designed that you should experience them more close together because it is a more connected story than your typical sequel.
2: hmm Which those were usually like a year apart. Yeah. Those so, were like a year apart. Yeah. And then like, you know, Final Fantasy remake, part one, and then part two will be like six six years later. So, you
1: know, well, technically a, all we kind of got a part two with Intergrade and episode oh, I intermission. Still need to play that, but no spoilers here that. for that today.
2: Yeah. Um. Do you like? Do you know if this is the same story that was in the previous Dune movies, or is this like a retelling of that world?
0: So I do know that the Dune miniseries is not this story. Okay. Um. I think. I don't know anything about the OG Dune movies mainly because um, I heard that the miniseries is actually pretty good that I think it came out in like the early 2000s and even James McAvoy was in it. I don't know who he plays, but someone, yeah, someone told me that he's in it. So it was, you know, fairly recent, even though it was like 20 years ago. Um, But I think the original Dune movies, I think it's the same Dune Like, I I actually, you know what? I'm not going to speak to the OG Dune movies, but I definitely know the Dune miniseries is about children of certain characters. Like, I do know that. Fair enough. Yeah. So, has anyone else been watching any movies or TV shows?
1: So, it's not a movie or TV show, technically, but it, it is a YouTube channel I would like to recommend. So, okay. I, are do you guys you know of the like music YouTuber scene? Like how there's a lot of YouTubers out there that are dedicated like musicians.
0: Yes.
2: Okay. I like. I know a bunch of musicians that have YouTube channels.
1: Okay. So yeah, these aren't necessarily like they have done like releases, like maybe albums or you know singles and stuff, but they're not like full fledged musicians. Uh, But there are two that I listened to kind of on and off over the past few years. One is the YouTube channel's name The Do, and it's the like it's D-O, but it's like five O's. And then the other YouTuber is a pianist slash beatboxer by the name of Marcus Veltri. And oh, and excuse me, The Do is a guitarist. Um, But I got big into watching these two YouTube channels because their kind of main gimmick is is that you, you guys know Omegle, right? Kind of like chat roulette style, like video chatting with random strangers. Just like you click next and then you skip and connect to a new person. So their YouTuber or their YouTube channels are mostly those types of videos where they'll go on Omegle and just like start playing like music for people, like on request. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and these guys are great musicians, right? Like Marcus Veltri, amazing pianist. Andy beatboxes, fantastic performer. The Do also. And what's funny with the Do is he doesn't show his face. So it's only like his torso and his guitar and like his whole identity is that, oh, no one knows what his face looks like. And like even his like YouTube profile picture is like a generic black silhouette with like a question mark on it because he's never (laughs) revealed his (laughs) face before. Um, But specifically with Marcus Veltri, so I'm shouting out those two, but the the real YouTube channel I want to shout out is – a YouTube channel by the name of Harry Mac. So that's Harry, you know, like Prince Harry and then Mac, like Mac trucks. Uh, and he's a freestyle rapper. So he did a collaboration with Marcus Veltry on one of his YouTube videos. And that's how I discovered him. And so, you know, Harry Mac, he's got currently right now, 1.5 million sub- subscribers. Uh, but he, he does the same thing. He goes on Omegle. He does freestyle rap for people. So he asks the people he connects with, Hey, can you give me three, crazy words to inspire my freestyle rap. And so people will be like, you know, it's that funny thing where it feels like the English language as broad as it is, is also very small because people just create boring words for him, like piano, orange, and like phone. And he's like, come on, like, could you give me like more challenging words? Uh, but it's very impressive. Even when he gets like more challenging words, things like, I remember that were pretty hard, like Dior, like the fashion brand Dior and like <clears> him <throat> being able to like create like a rap like line verse out of like rhyming that with something else or things like constellation you know these kind of like words that are typically in our lexicon but definitely you're like really broadening the like typical everyday usage and In the video he did with Marcus Veltri, you know, he was doing this basically freestyle rap to, you know, Marcus playing the piano. And then on his own YouTube, he just does these freestyle raps. But what's really entertaining about him is that he'll also, like, on the fly, right, because he's doing, like, his freestyle, he's creating verses based upon like what the people are wearing like what's in their background like visible on their screen how they're reacting like if they're covering their mouth or if they're you know falling over because like they're you know very impressed by his raps and i really appreciate just from an entertainer's perspective that there's like right there's nothing like this you know i i never expect this to ever be like a tv show or like in a movie right because like free like rappers right Obviously, there's movies based on rappers, but, you know, this guy just freestyles on the internet. But I think there is a lot of entertainment value there. And the fact that, right, it's technically free. You know, it's on YouTube. Yes, you have to watch ads. But, you know, besides that, it's it's a very impressive free form of entertainment that I'm like, you know what? Even I was slightly inspired to think, could I freestyle rap like that? Of course I can't. But it made me slightly intrigued, like, oh, yeah, you know, there's there's a nice cre- level of creativity to freestyle mm-hmm. rapping.
0: Oh, that's cool. I might have to check out one of the videos, or that particular one with the collab. Oh, yeah, with Marcus Ultry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I always like, fine, because I, I do listen to some rap. Um, not much, but some. And uh, Childish Gambino is, like someone I really like a lot. And a lot of it is because he is just an entertainer. Like that dude can entertain. And I like watching his interviews. Like when his last album came out, he did like a lot of, you know, radio shows. And they like, they just ask rappers to freestyle and seeing some rappers that are very well-known just like crumble under pressure because it just takes like a different type of entertainer to be like, on the fly and every time childish gambino is asked like he just delivers so well um i definitely don't have that skill set um but i love listening to it so i'll check that out what, what was his name again
1: harry mack
2: harry mack that's right
1: cool
0: check it out nice recommended experience alex <laughs> matt have you been watching anything or you mostly been playing
2: um, you know, mostly playing. I, uh, one thing I did finish was Midnight Mass. I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod no. or anything. Um, this is definitely another thing. Like, it, it's a horror thing. I know. Yeah. It, it's just You're... the season. It's just the season. You, you know?
0: You like horror. I don't you'd know like if
2: horror. I do. I don't know if I do. I think you do. Because it do. also wasn't scary in a sense of, it was more just creepy and, like, what you were talking about with that first movie where there's just something in the background i i would watch at night and it would be very dark and so i would like actually be able to see like a dark scene pretty well on my tv um and i could tell like when they looked out into like a field like all these trees i'd be like that tree has eyes And then it would move and it would like freak me out because it's like, I could tell that it was like a person or some creature. So like, it's more of that. There was some like, you know, kind of crazy things happening, like with the monster and all these things. It's all about this church and the actors in it are fantastic. Like it's what kept me coming back. Like it's definitely not, it probably won't make it onto my top six recommended experiences of 2021 that we'll do in January or or December, January. Um, But I feel like the actors are fantastic in it. Like the guy that played the priest was excellent. Like so good. Um, Kate Siegel. uh, She is in that she's been in like Bly Manor and Haunting of Hill House. I actually just watched another movie with her that got released on the 27th of October. So I watched it when that got released. It's called hypnotic. It's a psychological thriller i thought it was good but she in it was was really good i i really enjoy her as a character um but yeah it also had a uh, hill from psych I don't know oh if, yeah. yeah yeah like no, he's he's the I cop in psych. there um he definitely you know like he's not gus <laughs> from psych um but you know i i miss seeing him and things so that's what kind of drew me into it and then i was like oh Kate Siegel, like, she's in freaking everything around Halloween. Um, she needs to, like, let it go. Anyway, but I've, I feel like a lot of me uh, watching all these things is because I've been playing so much Dead by Daylight. Um, me, Yasser, Gerald, um, we have just been playing so much. Uh, they released a new Survivor, which we've been, like, loving. Um, it's been a lot of fun just doing crazy strats and just having fun time. Like, it is, it is definitely a game where like am i I'm not getting any boost from like unlocking a lot of achievements or trophies which I normally like drives me in gaming but like it's still keeping me there like I'm getting a ton of serotonin just by like you know talking it up with the boys like it's it's been a ton of fun um but yeah it's it's been fun. I haven't been doing too much single player. I played Final Fantasy 7 Remake on hard mode, finished it, got the platinum, and I feel like that really just made me want to take a step back from single player games cuz it took a lot in me. Like, have you have you finished hard mode, Tiffany? Cuz it's like, you ha- or have you tried hard mode?
0: I don't play games on other difficulties for trophies. <sighs>
2: fair enough. It's it's really difficult.
0: Okay. It takes a lot for me to like replay a video game. And so I the thought of just replaying that same video game immediately after just more challenging just mm-hmm. does not appeal to me at all. You know, like I didn't replay Spider-Man Miles Morales like to get that trophy. I I did I still I mean technically I almost thought about doing kingdom hearts on proud mode mm-hmm. to do to get that trophy but you know i've replayed kingdom hearts but i was like oh i don't know if i can do this on proud and yeah so for final fantasy 7 remake i was like oh, i'm just not i like i really like my experience and i don't want me being frustrated with hard mode to like kind of dampen it
2: like i i feel like i took the nice break like i from our recommended experiences of 2020 which you should go check out. It's one of my favorite episodes we've done as a crew. Um Alex's one of Alex's recommended experience was Final Fantasy 7 Remake and because of his argument for why it was his recommended experience, I bought it on the spot. And so I played it in January, finished it, really enjoyed it, and I took this long, like almost a half a year or even more than a half a year yeah, to get back to hard mode. And I feel like that made me, I got to relive the story a little bit. I got to understand like these characters and I, I like, it's honestly a game that will be hard for me to not put on my recommended experience. Like the problem with me, and this is just a spoiler for our big end of the year show is that we're all playing new games we might even talk about some new games we've been playing today but you know i'm playing all these games that you guys have had spread out on playstation for the past like 3 years and i've like played a lot of them this year like some of people's like game of the year like i've been playing i played god of war this year i played final final fantasy 7 remake this year i played uh horizon zero dawn I didn't finish Rise of Zeradon, so maybe it's not <laughs> going to be on the list. But, you know, like, <laughs> um, it's it's just a testament of, like, the PlayStation ecosystem. It's so strong. that even a game that came out in a previous generation could easily be in the top of my list this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to kind of just really quick to go back to your um, Midnight Mass, out of curiosity, did you watch Bly Manor or Hill House? No. Never. Okay. Yeah. Does 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 it make you more interested in watching either of those or no? I
2: might. Like, I don't know. Now that spooky season has officially ended, I don't know how much I'll be interested in doing it. That's every fair. year, every year I get into something more spooky. And then as soon as November hits, I'm like, okay, back to how I met your mother. You know, like, whatever, <laughs> whatever I'm watching <laughs> at that time.
0: Um, okay, so that's right. we'll see. Okay. Okay.
1: I want to go back to Dead by Daylight real quick. So you said, you know, you're enjoying it, which is great. But is the like is your progression versus like the amount of time it takes for them to release new content? Is there like an outpacing there do you think or is it really like just the ecosystem and nature of how Dead by Daylight plays is something you'll continue to enjoy or do you think there'll be a point where you kind of catch up to the current point of like how much content's released. And then you kind of feel like, you know, you've experienced everything.
2: We were actually talking about this the other night because we don't really understand why we enjoy dead by daylight as much as we do. And we kind of figured it's because there's so many different perks that everyone can play as. And there's so many different play styles and there's not just one meta. Like when I was playing overwatch, like every day, like, multiple hours every day like there was a meta. If you did not have two tanks, two support heroes, you would die on point every game. So you're kind of like pigeonholed into playing very similar games. With Dead by Daylight, it's not like that at all. And they actually have a pretty fast pace. Like they released Michaela, which is the new survivor, um right before this Halloween event, so a couple weeks ago, they already have they actually leaked it today. What the next two chapters are going to be like. So at the beginning of November, so we're already there, they're going to release a new killer, a new survivor. And then after that, the next chapter is said to be the conjuring, which is going to be the next licensed. So that's going to have a new map and new killer. And so for me, like they're going at such a rapid pace that it like works perfectly with me playing other games. Like now as of today, I started Guardians of the Galaxy, which maybe we'll talk about later. Um, you know, Forza Horizon 5 comes out on Tuesday of next week. So updating the podcast. But, like, that's something that I'm going to be playing day one. You know, Halo comes out in December. Like, we're, for all these things that are releasing, Dead by Daylight is a perfect thing where the boys could just be like, hey, anyone want to play? And I'll be like, okay, let's do it.
1: In a similar line, then, is it, because Dead by Daylight is super interesting or, and I know this was, you previously mentioned this other game is the feedback kind of surrounding back for blood, not as great as you thought it would be, or you anticipated it to be because right? Like that's out and available on game pass.
2: Yeah. Back back for blood is a really fun game. I think that it's because this, we were in a Halloween event that it really just kind of, took the sales out of back for blood but it's something that we all really enjoy playing and it's definitely something like it is a fun game like if you've ever played left or dead it's the same gameplay which is amazing and it's just so many quality of life improvements and actually a card-based system that i don't hate so um it, it's it's pretty interesting so i hope to play more of it it's just i feel like we've kind of had this kick for dead by daylight hopefully we get to back for blood
1: fair enough
0: you know, you talking about like the, your spooky game, another game that I've played and actually finished was The Forgotten City, Ooh. which I, Matt, yes, that was a spooky game. Was it? It was spooky. I was spooked. Alex, it's a spooky game. I got scared. I literally like, I got scared. I was scared in the second half of the game. Did you start and it at like, night? No, thankfully. Oh. Yeah, Thankfully, I did. I, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually started, like, the middle of the day and, like, played into it. And I think I finished. Did I finish it you in know, one day? I don't know. Well, I can look at my trophy. Rapid
2: letters. pace. Yeah. You went through it very quickly, I remember. I yeah. don't think it was and... one day, but you definitely blew through it very quickly.
0: And I got all four endings. One of them I cheated. I started a new save file and, like, literally just... Just got one of the endings. Um, But yeah, Matt recommended this to me and, and like I, I liked it. It's a time loop game. I didn't Mm -hmm. think I realized it was a time loop game. And this is where Alex is like, Matt clearly said that. So were you not paying attention? So, (laughs) um, but this is the first time that I feel like this is the most memorable time loop game I've ever played. I actually don't know if Mm -hmm. I could name another time loop game, but. The whole act of me trying to figure out what was happening, uh, and the urgency of like trying to get things done before things like the next thing would pop off, you know, in what I knew, kind of kept, kept me going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to say much more. Perfect about it because Alex hasn't played it, and going in blind is likely for the best. Um, but one game that I do want to talk about. Like, all about. You guys, I had to scour the city for a copy of Mario Party Superstars. Ooh, nice. I recommend this immediately. I need both of you to purchase your own copies. It has excellent online. Like, excellent. I, here, let me explain. So, literally, if you start a board with random people online. Mm-hmm. Or even your friends, if you leave the game, apparently a CPU takes your spot, and if your friends are still playing when you log back on later, you can rejoin that game. This wow. is an anecdote. Yeah, I read that That's anecdote cool. online, but like I, um, I played a little bit uh, with a friend. We both like I well first of all when I tried inviting him to a game I had no idea what I was doing and I mm-hmm. kept apparently accidentally leaving the lobby. So when he invited me, I we finally progressed. But we played a bunch of mini games instead of a board. We just did a bunch of mini games for like an hour or so. And that was really fun. And then um I played online. They have this thing called daily challenges, which is really mm-hmm. cool in that they have like a little theme um they have like three themes and each theme has a set of three mini games. And basically if you start a daily challenge, you get paired up with people online and then you play through the three mini games and then see who wins. And then at the end, whoever got the most, whoever won each mini game, you know, w- wins. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so that was cool. Cause then he even said that the daily challenges would change daily. daily. Yeah. <laughs> and so it actually gives you kind of an incentive to like, Get on, you know, get on and play some random minigames. And then I also checked out each of the boards because I was, because I'm not going to lie, I wanted to like know how each of the boards plays on my own before I start playing with real people. So I've been playing, I played one round on four of the five boards with all CPU characters while listening to like a podcast or something. And the boards, are neat. Um the the like the mini games are fun. I recognize some of them, mm-hmm. which is really awesome cuz they're all, you know, they're throughout all the different Mario parties. And I even like when I'm playing I'm like, "Man, I, re- I think this was on the Wii." You know what I mean? Like or the GameCube. Like I remember some of those games. And I think honestly, I think it's a jolly time. Is there Mario Party?
2: Is there online like chat or anything or do you have to go through that janky app
0: you have to go through the janky app
2: boo nintendo i will tell you this tiffany from our conversation this past week that made me realize that my nintendo switch online has lapsed i did (gasps) purchase nintendo switch online because i do have the thought to you know roll (laughs) friendships from afar with mario party (laughs) Yeah,
0: or even locally
2: or locally yeah
0: yeah whenever but oh my gosh your your thing had lapsed
2: yeah yeah
0: you know to be honest mine lapsed too (laughs) like like eight months ago or something i don't know mine lapsed but (laughs) anyway yeah mario party like i like this one and the fact that it has very good um online makes it more appealing you -hmm. know what i mean did you did you have mario or super mario did you get super mario party no okay So what this
1: sounds like, though, is this is actually the scariest game you played, because in what world does Nintendo make a game with a robust online component that actually functions properly?
0: Listen, (laughs) we're living in this world now. I know, and it's
1: scary. I'm like, this isn't the Nintendo I know.
0: Inviting people was super easy. Like when I was invited, I could see like like you're invited to a game. And, like,
1: and they just, actually build in, like, a recurring incentive for you to play every day, like, with the daily challenges, with a kind of, like, ecosystem to say, hey, you know, if you win, right, you get the currency to then buy customizable options for your profile. And,
2: yeah, what do you get?
0: Okay, so, first of all, to go back to, like, being playing online... I when I joined someone's lobby, my friend's lobby, I could legitimately see them going through choices and stuff.
2: Mm, okay. So it's
0: almost like we were next to each other, like or playing in the same room. Um, and in terms of what I get, it is kind of lame. So you, there's this weird level up system where you like when you play games, you earn coins, um, by how many stars or if you win, blah blah, blah. and then you level up. And then with your coins, you can buy currency, like stickers for emojis. So when you play online, you can like, you know, put Mm -hmm. an icon to, you know, because there's no voice chatting. Like you use those (laughs) emotes. Okay. And then you can buy um, like card backgrounds. So for every game or for your profile on your Mario Party game, you can make a like an ID card. And when you play with randoms, you like exchange ID cards. So like, and like on the ID card, you designate like four of your favorite mini games. You literally put like, you choose the four mini games that are your favorites and you put that on an ID card. You pick which one is your favorite Mario party superstar board. And you pick which Mario party is your favorite Mario party. Mm, I put Mario party eight as my favorite Mario party. I don't okay. know if it is, but that's the one I recognize the box art for that. <laughs> um, and then, honestly, the other things you buy with your coins are kind of lame. Like you buy an encyclopedia page for your encyclopedia, and you buy uh, like pa- like character pages. It's just it's kind of. That's kind of silly like the okay. whole coin aspect. But obviously it's really nice. You don't have to unlock any boards or anything either because in the fur in Mario in Super Mario Party, you had to play each board, each of the three boards before you unlock the fourth board. Gotcha. But this one all the boards are open.
2: Um is there a single player mode? Like a story mode?
0: No. What? Well, ha- there's never been a story mode in Mario Party.
2: Yeah, the older ones, they were great. Oh, they did? Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, some of them did, at least. At least the ones that I remember. I don't know when that was, though. So I think it was definitely before 8. Like, maybe Mario Party 6. But, man, that's that's kind of a little bit disappointing. Even the last one. Like, the last one had a... Um, my friend James, he would come into town... And we would play we played Mario Party and it was like this two player game where you're supposed you're trying to like make it down the street by playing all these minigames. That was pretty fun. Like do they have any like cool modes like that? No. Oh, okay. Excellent. Well, I mean
0: it's like you can play boards and then you can play mini games. I guess I don't know if the daily challenges. There might be more to the daily challenges than I expect because there's this like little lobby area where you can like mess around, um, and I didn't. I haven't fully explored that yet, so maybe there is that. Okay, but but I do also understand that like if you know, obviously, if you don't know that many people who have Mario Party, or if you're you don't have a lot of local friends, mm-hmm. I can understand that it's not as appealing to get this game because you know, even playing randos on a board doesn't isn't as appealing like obviously you want to ruin friendships in person <laughs> so i so i get it i kind of get it that's
1: gonna be the um, stinger audio yeah
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay
0: well uh, but yeah i mean i really like it and i honestly like i got it because i just love mario party but i also mm-hmm. want to have the ability to play it with people if the occasion arises.
2: Mm. And just to follow up, probably my two favorite Mario parties ended up being the two that had a robust single player. So Mario party three and Mario party five, both had robust single player. So maybe that's just a bias that I have for Mario party that I kind of hope that they all have single player. But Mario Party Five, I put some hours into that. That was that's really like,
1: party. I love Mario Party. I love to party by myself.
0: <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to ruin any friendships. You know,
0: that's fair. I also, I listen. I wa- I literally watched kind of funny's Battle for CEO oh, Mario I still need party to watch Street. that. Yeah. I okay. The first episode, the one with. Um, the first episode was way funnier than the second, mainly because there were more upsets. In the second episode, they were just all like three of them ganged up on one person. It's probably Roger. Is... They it ganged was... up
2: on Roger. <laughs> of they course did. they did. They oh, did. no. They
0: did. But in the first episode, it was like almost 2v2. Okay. You know what I mean? So the, like that's more fun. I love or- any
2: content that has Nick Scarpino in it. Like, (laughs) that dude is an agent of chaos, if I've ever seen one.
0: So, he's in the second episode.
2: Okay, cool.
0: And that one, I actually watched, like, 80% of that one live, because I was off, and I was just like, let me just... Yeah, I just... I I watched, like, the two... But I was also playing Mario... I was playing Mario Party, where they were playing Mario Party. Like, that's how I was, like, watching it.
2: Yeah. Um, That's awesome. um,
0: Anyway, yeah, so that's... That's that. Mainly because... I was playing Mario Party by myself because I still don't have Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: The way the Lord intended it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so mean. I've been trying to get this freaking Guardians game for the last week.
2: Oh, yeah. And some
0: change.
2: You, have you Alex, Have you gotten it from FedEx yet?
0: No, it's still in Minnesota.
2: Minnesota. It's,
0: I'm like, wow. is there a storm up there? Like, I even Googled it, and I was like, there's no storm. So, I don't Has know it been in
2: Minnesota for, like, days?
0: Yeah, it's been in Minnesota for days.
2: Wow. It's a big state. It's been,
0: it's been moving within Minnesota for days. Is
2: it, is it walking? <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> so, Alex is the only one who's been playing Guardians of the Galaxy. How has it been?
1: Well, before I get to that, I know... You know, like like I said before, listeners, you can't see it, but we're on video chat right now. It seems like Matt has also some things to say about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. But I do want to mention another game that I've played and finished on Matt's recommendation and also in the light of the spooky season that was this past Halloween Ooh. 2021. And that is Death's Door. Yes. And so I bought this on Epic Game Store, mostly because they had were having a sale for 20% off. And on top of that, they had a $10 coupon. So I got the game for $6.
2: That is incredible. Woo-woo. That is yes. an incredible value. Yes.
1: And honestly, though, I think me getting it for $6 has helped improve my opinion of it. Because mm-hmm. unlike Matt's previous uh, opinions about how much he loves it, it was a very middling game for me, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is by developer Acid Nerve. They previously made the game Titan Souls, which I have played a little bit in the past. Uh, I never fully beat all of Titan Souls, but I have played it. So, I did have kind of a history with this developer already. And in playing Dust Story, you know, I played it, I finished it, I rolled credits. It wasn't the true ending, so I didn't go through and do all the post game content, but I did at least roll the initial credits. And it took me about six hours to get through, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, very fair, right? Six bucks for a six-hour jaunt through this world that now I don't even think it had a name, but just this, like, world of all these different locations, you know, passing through these doors. Um, and overall, I'd say it's a very obvious step up for Acid Nerve, at least based on Tine Souls. For those that don't know, tine Souls was essentially a boss rush game where all the bosses died in one hit, and But you also died in one hit, so it's very kind of reflex-oriented, you dodging the boss's attacks, but also you trying to find what the weak point on the boss was and when you could actually hit them and kill them instantaneously. And I felt this is, you know, Death Door being that evolution where, it, now this time, you have an open, you know, quote-unquote open world, basically levels... Uh, and you have a natural progression, right? There are there are enemies you fight. There is experience you collect to then level up certain aspects of your character. There are weapons you collect. And so there is a more integrated RPG aspect but beyond what Titan Souls' boss rush was. But I think because of that... I applaud Acid Nerve on saying this is a great next step for the developer. I really feel like they're really starting to kind of flush out, you know, a more deep kind of RPG type action gameplay, like with how it's designed. But at the same time, I think that's part of the limitation for me to say that I could see there was more that could be done. There's more interesting things uh, maybe they could have done with the combat because... Besides the weapons, it seemed like everything was kind of same from the get go. You know, you you know, with the sword, you have a three hit combo. With the hammer that you get later on in the game, it's a two hit combo. There are a pair of daggers you can get, which is a six hit combo. But the gameplay was just revolving around, you know, similar to Time Souls: dodge enemy attack, mash attack until the enemy is about to strike you, and then dodge away again, and kind of rinse and repeat. And I think there's that level of the monotony where. Although the bosses and the enemies had different mannerisms and how they approached you, it did the combat never really evolved beyond those initial hours and while I really enjoyed kind of the world and you know I noted uh, in a tweet you know if some of you follow me that the music is probably the best part about the game absolutely fantastic soundtrack love you know the ambiance for the boss fights love the ambiance for each like parts of the world you travel to. Uh, But I think that's kind of like my main takeaway, everything else, not to say that I'll forget it, but it does Mm -hmm. feel a little bit forgettable for my taste, at least as a, you know, person that appreciates kind of the art of the video game. And, you know, knowing it's an indie developer and knowing, right, they have a smaller budget that there's not a lot they, they can do slash, you know, flesh out to make it more complicated. But I think they did a good job with what they had. And it is something that I would say is fun, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, if we're kind of in that binary scale, do I do a, do I recommend this or do I not? I would say I wouldn't recommend it, mostly because while the music is amazing, I don't think the gameplay is really there to like keep me engrossed. Even though I did finish it, right, it is a, a nice kind of six-hour game that is doable in a weekend. But I think there are other games out there that are of the similar design that I think you could probably get more out of. Something that comes to mind and maybe, you know, we're not Nintendo Shields here, but maybe like Link's Awakening that was remade for the Switch that came out last year, I think is very similar in nature to that. But I think Link's Awakening has a lot more, uh, you know, obviously budget to it in terms of visuals and kind of what the content's actually there. Um, so if I would say that, maybe I would recommend that over something like Death Door.
2: Yeah, it's tough to kind of recommend Link's Awakening in favor of Death Door, just because it's they're like two separate categories, because Death Door is basically inspired by Link's Awakening. Like, you could definitely tell the developers just love Legend of Zelda and love Dark Souls, which are two of like my favorite um franchises i do agree with you i I think that the combat is very samey but it's also not really what i got out of it i was engrossed with just the music and the world honestly some of the writing is hilarious like i i found a lot of it to be really humorous especially the bosses uh the the toad like he is just hilarious um i like watched a video of someone playing the toad again just to like pick up on parts of the uh, like conversation that I just missed because I was in the moment. Um, the, I didn't really There was
1: it- one line though that I would say I do agree with you when you meet grandma right before mm-hmm. her boss fight. So slight spoilers, but she has a line where obviously as you the run up to actually fighting grandma, which is the witch of urns in this, you know, which is basically the kind of Second main boss, technically first main boss, mm-hmm. if you exclude the guardian of the doors. Uh, that she says, "You little shit," and it, that's just she just says that like once you like have destroyed her mansion, right? In order to like get uh-huh. to her, basically. <laughs> and when I saw that line, I was very taken aback because in reality, I feel like this is what a grandma would say to a child yeah. if they were going around <laughs> destroying things in their house. And so yeah. I kind of like the honest writing there to be like, oh, this is realistic. I think I could actually mm-hmm. see a grandma saying this to a child, maybe yeah. not like a small child, but someone that you know, maybe like a teenager or something. That to knows say, better. Like, yeah, that the so, yeah exactly someone that knows better. That like, why are you destroying my house? Like, why are you destroying things
2: mm-hmm. here? Yeah, I, I, I pretty, I stand by my my wreck just because like I feel like if you enjoy games that i do i feel like this is this was such a fun experience for me i think i am more along the lines of enjoying these smaller experiences because you can kind of get away from samey combat like if i was to play final fantasy 7 remake that combat system is so robust but i also spent 60 some hours platinuming that game like i could definitely not play a samey combat for 60 some hours but hey less than 10 to get the 100 percent on xbox like sure i'll do that uh, i do think that some of the post game content is actually pretty fun like i would say like if you enjoyed your time go back and do it for you that you're not even willing to recommend at this point i don't know if i'd recommend to do that um but i did enjoy that post game it got to the point of like yeah if I did this extra stuff, is it worth it? And to me, I was like, yeah, it does. Like it, it shows me more of this world. I do think it's going to be on some people's ballots for game of the year cuz I feel like they might be in the same ilk as me, but I, you know, I'm I'm happy you at least tried it. I'm happy you tried it. Um, yeah. but it and, it was a fun little experience.
1: And for the post game, I did end up looking up the true ending mostly because I knew I wasn't motivated enough to like do the post-game content to get the true ending. So I want to at least see what the true ending is and spoiler warnings for death Door here. Uh, at least the, the true ending aspect, but it has lore elements that end up telling you it ties back into Titan souls. So technically it is a sequel direct sequel to Tine souls. And so on that note, I am appreciative of the storytelling there, Because they do a very good job in kind of wrapping things up to say, hey, you know, there's a character that you meet in the main story of Death's Door that is told, you know, to do a certain thing. And kind of his motivations of what he does to you is because he was told to do something. And that information isn't really fleshed out in the main story. It's somewhat addressed. But in the true ending, they give a very solid hey, this is exactly what happened. And it gave me more perspective on that character in the main game and what happened with them. But also it did make the world more interesting. And I was super intrigued by the fact that you had something as different as Titan Souls was to this, but yet they were able to kind of link in the same world. And I did appreciate it for that fact, because it was a way to say that, hey, not, I don't know if, future and nerve games will also tie into these two but i did like how what seemingly were two different releases by this developer they were they ended up being able to kind of tie it into say no you know you enjoyed that here's a sequel that you didn't know was a sequel until you like truly beat the game and I, i do like that aspect of the storytelling and on that note the other game you know that Tiffany was talking about before that I'll now address Marvel's guardians of the galaxy. So I'm about, I'd say seven, eight hours into this at this point, you know, I've played over a few nights over the past week since it's been out. And honestly, it, it, it might be up there. It might be a contender for Gody for me at this point. And I'm not even done with it. I'd say I'm probably about a third of the way through the game. Uh, but mostly the, the kind of two things I want to shout out. These are non spoilery uh, for Marvel's guardians of the galaxy. Uh, but one, the main thing, the voice acting and the facial capture, like motion capture are phenomenal. I really enjoy these versions of the characters, you know, Gamora, Drax, Groot, even, even though he still only says I am Groot. Uh, that's r- all he needs to say. Right. Well, that's all he can say. Cause that's literally his <laughs> language. But uh, also Rocket Raccoon and even Star-Lord himself, I think they did a really good job. You know, there is a little bit of dissonance, right? If you're, Especially if you're coming only off of the MCU versions of these characters that, you know, these characters do not look like the MCU versions, yeah. except for maybe Rocket and Groot. But definitely Drax Gamora and Star-Lord have different visuals to them, different hairstyles. Uh, but I think the voice acting kind of still carries that same feel that the on screen actors gave for them, as well as just the way they animate their faces. Like, there is such a good attention to detail with the small, like, ways the cheeks move and the way the eyes kind of dart or even they roll their eyes when they're, like, saying something and they don't believe you and they're skeptical. But also the way the lips move. There's a moment, there's one line where Gamora makes a onomatopoeia you know she's like tisk, and you see it like they actually animate her mouth to match up with that sound effect and i think we're finally getting to that point where facial capture is getting so accurate that we can have these very realistic looking faces and i was taken aback because i think that just added to my enjoyment and kind of the I guess, realness slash authentic way the actor delivered the line that the fact that what was on screen helped reinforce that, that makes me care more about these characters and say, hey, these are real people. They act like real people, right? They're they're skeptical. They laugh. They cry. They're mad. They're sad. You know, everything. And the characters portray that across, and I think that's really neat. And the second thing, you know, that help also helps reinforce the fact that these are real people, the licensed music in the game. Obviously, this has a lot of great 70s and 80s hits, you know, and shout out to them to be able to, you know, license all these tracks and have it, you know, verbatim, like studio quality in the game, you know, classics, right? Like, uh, Holdin' Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler's in the game, you know, Take On Me by Ahas in the mm-hmm. game, like all these classic rock songs that you remember from whether you actually listened to it back when they released on Spotify, in the great classic Shrek 2, you know, they're there. And I really appreciate as a, you know, my dad was a big fan or is a big fan of classic rock. So growing up, I was exposed to these songs as a child. And I, you know, partially carry on that same sentiment to say, hey, there are a lot of great classic rock songs out there. And it just brings back really good memories, right? Listening to them with my dad, but also when it kicks in during combat. So there's this huddle up feature, which is basically a, it's not a get out of jail free card, but it's like a limit break sort of mechanic where you build up a meter and then you can initiate a huddle up where all the guardians come together. And after you do the huddle up, right? And you, you know, Star Lord gives the guardians a motivational speech. You go back out into combat and the music switches from the combat music to one of the classic rock songs. And it's just crazy to be like blasting aliens to, you know, something like take on me or something like, you know, (laughs) like it's, it's this weird combination, right? Cause you see Star Lord put on the headphones and like activate his cassette tape. And you're like, is this actually happening right now? Like it's only Star Lord that's (laughs) hearing this, but obviously since you're playing from his perspective, it just makes so much sense. And on top of that, there's a radio on the Milano where literally you can just play all the songs on the radio and just, like, stand there and listen to it. So it's like an in-game. Like, you don't have to be doing anything. You can just enjoy the music in-game if you want. And so I I really appreciate, like, the care they took into this. And I'm very surprised at the quality, right? Like, you know, coming off of Marvel's Avengers last year, that being kind of a looter co-op experience... There was kind of a reservation coming into future Marvel games that weren't done by insomniac uh to whether or not you know other Marvel titles would be good. but I think what idos Montreal has done with the Guardians is really great and I think you know if this keeps up and through the rest of the game it it could be up there. it could definitely challenge my my GOATI for twenty twenty one
0: I have breaking news. I have breaking news you guys. My game is now in Indiana.
1: Oh, boy. Nice.
0: It is, is, is that in closer? Indi- yes. It, yes, Matthew. It is closer <laughs> to me now.
2: They finally walked out of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. To the Wait, great so Matt- <laughs> state of Indiana. <laughs> I have, have no been- idea where it's on a map.
0: <laughs> have you been playing um, Guardians? Or like, have you not gotten that yet?
2: So I started it this morning. I am one chapter in, I which took me about an hour, which was like their introduction chapter. And I really like it. I really like it a lot. I, I think my favorite part of Marvel's Avengers was the campaign. Like the single player campaign to me was the best part. I, I don't think the writing was great in Marvel's Avengers. It was very cringy and I don't think <laughs> great. But out of everything else, I thought that the plot was interesting and kept me along. I can already tell that this is going to be much better of a plot and writing. I think the writing is excellent, it's very James Gunn-esque, which is what I want. I was a little bit worried that these wouldn't be my Guardians. Like you, You know you're going to have some sort of bias going into it, because I love those movies. Guardians 1, Guardians 2, great movies. Really enjoy the casting. But one chapter in, I haven't thought anything of that. Like, when I'm playing, like, these are Guardians of the Galaxy. They look different, but they are my Guardians in a better way than I thought Marvel's Avengers. I guess what, like, Marvel's Avengers, they never never were my Captain America or my Iron Man. Which is strange that I may be able to do this better for Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe because I just don't know much about them outside of the MCU, so maybe there's more room for them to grow. Uh but one chapter in looks pretty good. Um there's some small gripes that I have just as a collectible a collectible person, like the collectibles suck and like
0: Wait, explain. What do you mean? Um
2: so You're far, only one
0: chapter in. How could you say that they suck?
2: Well, there's like 11 or 13 collectibles in the first chapter. Like there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like Oh my god. I um I looked at the card for PlayStation and like I have a substantial number of them for the trophy which the trophy's only for half so um like I have a substantial number of them from the first chapter but out of them they're not super interesting at least the ones that I've found so far and like they're really hard to see they're just like so hard to see it's like oh there's this contact lens case size collectible on the grounds that you can really see like if you're using your visor you can clearly see that like they are marked yellow as like a item of interest but outside of that like i have basically resorted to walking around with my visor on all the time because i'm like i'm not gonna miss these stupid tiny collectibles um so we'll see we'll see how it goes i am very happy with my one chapter in i'll say that
1: Also, as a forewarning, Matt, with the collectibles, there are many missable collectibles.
2: Oh, good. Because
1: So, there is a chapter select function after you clear the campaign, but if you chapter select back two chapters, it doesn't carry your campaign progress with you. So, it's like you just playing the chapter again as if you never played it before. So, you can't backtrack. To get collectibles, you need to do it in the playthrough to get everything. So, just letting you know, it sounds that like if if you're worried, very you bad might design. you might need a guide if you're that if you're super worried because, like you said, unless you're walking around with the visor on, which it does kind of put you know everything in red and then highlight the collectibles in yellow and sometimes purple. Uh, it, it is kind of you know janky you have to go out of your way to get everything yeah which that also
2: sucks because my one of my favorite parts about this game is how beautiful this game is like you these are very at least for the first world very colorful super bright like it is it is the world that's on the cover like the purple like pinky yeah effect that is everywhere and it looks vibrant and really interesting and i i very into this game i'm excited to play it i have a whole slew of um evening shifts at work so this is prime game time i'm hoping to get most of this done before forza gets here but we'll see yeah. also
1: i want to shout out gamora's hair is amazing way better than mcu gamora's hair all right
0: okay I'll have to check you, it out i guess you heard it here And, you know, with that, we have a chonky episode, number 50, just chilling and talking about what we've been doing lately, you know, because we haven't we haven't done that in a while. Mm -hmm. So here it is. Um, If you want to hear more about it or want to tell us what you've been doing, please tweet at us at rxp underscore podcast or email us at rxp.podcast at gmail.com. Hope we have a great day. Bye. Like, obviously, you want to ruin friendships in person.
1: Oof.